Welcome to the Discipleship Helps Podcast. This podcast is designed to accompany you as you work through the book, Discipleship Helps. This book guides us through foundational doctrine every disciple should know. From time to time, you'll be able to pause and write your answers to the questions in the workbook. We encourage you to read each scripture and cover this journey in prayer. So without further ado, let's begin. We hope you enjoy. So let's begin. Lesson 13, the Holy Spirit, finding the rock. Key quote. I am of the opinion that the chief danger which confronts uh, which confront the coming century, 20th, will be religion without the Holy Spirit, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. Now, a hundred years later, these words are just as full of meaning as when they were first uttered. Religion without the Holy Spirit is obviously not biblical Christianity. Key scripture. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Acts 1.8. What would it mean for a person to actually be indwelled by the living God? Years ago, while surveying the damage caused by a tornado in the Midwest, cleanup workers found a piece of straw literally driven through a telephone pole. How can such a weak, insignificant thing like a piece of straw go through something as strong and hard as a telephone pole, which would crush a car if a car hit it? The answer is simple. The straw was empowered by a force outside of itself, an awesome force that could easily penetrate the pole. Any Christian who has totally surrendered to God can, in like manner, be empowered by God to do supernatural things. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Ephesians 3.20. This is real Christianity. We must be aware of religion without the crucial power and presence of God. Our faith is based on the fact that God has initiated a real relationship with us. God now lives in us. He is our God and we are his people. This is not a mental or emotional religion, so we will feel good about ourselves, but rather God's presence in our lives. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Beautiful. Keith, what does Galatians 4, 6 say the Holy Spirit does? First John 4.13, Matt, what is the main thought? First John 3.24, what does the Holy Spirit do in us? Hannah, what did you write? Romans 8.16 gives us what assurance? If you belong to the Lord, you are a son and a daughter. Ezekiel 36.27. Zach, what did you write down?
How does John 14.26 describe the role of the Holy Spirit, Stephen? First Corinthians 2.13. What does this say, Hans? All right, Luke 12.12. Nikki, what did you put? Good. John 16, 13. I wrote, the Spirit communicates what the Father sees to us. That's what I wrote down. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and leads us into holiness. Valentine, according to John 16, 8 through 11, what three things does the Holy Spirit do? Sydney, Galatians 5.16, what does that say? Who has Romans 8.13? Amen. So the Holy Spirit empowers us for supernatural living. What does Jesus say about the Holy Spirit in Acts 1-8? Veronica. What promise did he make in John 14, 12 through 13? Andrew. Mark 16, 17 through 20 can only be accompanied through whose power? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will control our lives if we yield to him. What does Romans 8, 14 tell us, B. Willie? All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Amen. According to Acts 10, 19 and 20, Specifically, how will God direct us, Alan?
What will the Holy Spirit produce in us? Mark. When an individual is spirit-filled, the results will be very evident in his life. Galatians 5.16 says that we will have what? Victory. Acts 1.8 says that we will have what? Power and boldness. Galatians 5.22 says what? Quality. We'll have quality. So challenge. Follow Cornelius' example. Someone give me, someone stand up and give me an authoritative summary of what happened between Peter and Cornelius. Yes. So uh, Cornelius had a vision. He was a devout man, but he was a Roman centurion, and he was praying to the Lord, and the Lord gave him a vision about Peter, saying that Peter is going to come and tell you more about me. At the same time, Peter gets a word saying, hey, three men are at your door. Just follow them immediately. And so Peter goes down, and he invites them in. They stay the night. He goes with them, and he tells Cornelius and his whole household about the Lord and the things of the Lord, baptism in the Spirit. And while he's still speaking... The whole house gets filled with the Spirit. Mm. And the people are amazed because if I remember correctly, this is the first time Gentiles had the Spirit poured out on them. What is Cornelius' example? Cornelius' example, he was a devout man and he was God-fearing. Yes. He was obedient then to the Lord's call. Cornelius listened intently to God's word. He was in all the above, hungry for what God had for him, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are listening to what God is speaking, when you are hungry for all that he has for you, then you are open to whatever he wants to do in your life. No matter how scary it might be, no matter how risky it might be, being filled with the Holy Spirit, what is it more about, love or power? It is more about love. That's what we forget sometimes is that being baptized in the Spirit is not just for more power, but it is more to understand love more. The Spirit searches even the mind of God and reveals these things to us. God is love. So we are being revealed, we're we're having more love revealed to us, the heart of the Father, the love of the Father. We forget that baptism in the Spirit is first and foremost about love. Yes, power accompanies it as well, but God is wanting to reveal His heart more and more to the rest of the people in the world. And He uses those who are filled with His Spirit, baptized with His Spirit, to go and be witnesses to everybody about the love that He's lavished upon us. A more powerful love. There you go. There you go. That's good. So, a question for everyone in here. Have you ever been filled with the Holy Spirit? And so what naturally follows that, are you yielding to the Holy Spirit? So right now, let's go to Luke 11, 9 through 13. Brad, would you stand up and read uh, 9 through 13, please? Luke 11, 9 through 13. 
say to you, ask it, will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Actually, keep reading. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. I, I want to share real quick the story of when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And uh, so in this passage at the beginning in verses 5 uh, through 8, it's talking about this neighbor at night. And it's about the shameless audacity of this neighbor. And a lot of times we have this picture of shameless audacity just being this, this confrontational boldness uh, that we need to, to go out with. But it's a little bit different than that. So I was telling you guys a little bit earlier, I grew up, uh, I was a cessationist. I didn't believe uh, that the gifts were for today. I, I thought God could heal people if it was part of his sovereign plan. Uh, I didn't think these were things we prayed for. If people wanted or if someone was going to get saved, God preordained before the beginning of time that they would be saved in, their, in his absolute sovereignty. They were already predestined before the foundation of the earth. These were the thought patterns I was living out. And when you go down this road, it leads you to a place where the power that you move in is kind of whatever. You know, it, it's awesome for you, but there's not really an eternal impact because God has already preordained. Do you see how it's kind of like a package together? and shapes the way you live your life. Mm. And so I was, uh, this was probably about three or four years ago now. I was uh, a believer, I gave my life to the Lord in 2007, uh, saw some big changes in my life. I actually, uh, it was, Keith and I knew each other then uh, when I really started following the Lord when I was a, a sophomore in high school. So it was a little before that, 2005. And lived my life, uh, went to church, became a pastor at a church, Thought I had everything that I wanted. Uh, there was a ministry that was, that was large and continuing to grow. I thought I had it, but there was something in me. I'm like, God, there has to be something more than this. Getting up and speaking in front of thousands of people is, is really fun, but it doesn't feel like I'm being filled by doing it. What's going on? And so at this time, my sister, Janine, who goes to church here, uh, she moved out to be a part of Heidi Baker's ministry in Mozambique, Africa. And so she would call me, you know, on a weekly basis, and she would tell me about everything the Lord was doing, how he was healing people. People who were deaf were receiving their hearing back. Blind eyes were being opened. Words of knowledge were leading them to people who uh, were accepting the Lord. And uh, although I didn't believe in stuff like this, I did have trouble because I didn't think Janine would lie to me about this. So I was in this really uh, sticky place, and there was a movie that came out where basically it documented someone going around praying for people to be healed. And I, I watched this movie. My friend made it, so he gave me a copy, or his wife gave me a copy. And my wife and I watched it together, and we're like, oh, my goodness. Lord, if this is real, we want it, not because it'll make us more powerful and we can see, look at what we can do, but because of how we saw people encountering the love of God. Mm. It was a more powerful love. Yeah. And so we didn't know any charismatic people at all. None. Except for one couple. And so we called this couple up. And we said, hey, we're, we're learning about these things. Can we 
uh, sit down with you and talk about healing? Can we talk about uh, the Holy Spirit? Can we talk about how this is something that should be active in our lives? And they're like, yes, of course. So we went over to their house and uh, we talked for about two hours. It was a great time. And at the end, they said, hey, let, let us pray for you. you know, oh, okay. You know, so they're like, just stick out your hands. And so we held out our hands. They prayed for me. And guess what I felt? Nothing. <laughs> they prayed for my wife. And guess what she felt? Everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> no! And it was one of those moments where I'm like, yes, sweetie, I'm so happy for you. Everything I've been crying to the Lord for, he gave to you. <laughs> and so, so she starts, so she's like, what do I do? She literally feels electricity just running through her. And she goes, well, what do I do? I just pray for people to be healed and watch the, watch the Lord move and tell them about the love of the Lord. So wouldn't you know, my wife just began to pray for people and people began to get healed and encounter the love of the Lord in a powerful way. So this is going on, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it, and we're like, we, we need to get more teaching. So we don't know any charismatics, right? But we do know of one church, Bethel in Redding, California. So we're like, let's go there. We went there, and guess what happened? Nothing. <laughs> we went to service, I was totally creeped out. Danielle was creeped out. We were just like, this is, this is confusing. There was one point, I've told this story before, where uh, the guy who was speaking, he said, hey, there's a time of Holy Spirit impartation. And, and it's four pastors. And I'm like, that's me. That's me. He's going to impart the Holy Spirit to me. And so I remember uh, Luke 11, the shameless audacity. So we're standing there. And our hands are in the air. And I see him get off the stage. And he was like, you know, 300 feet away. So I'm just watching him. And there's a charismatic dude in front of me. Stand up here, Valentine. His hands are in the air. And he's just shaking. <laughs> no, keep shaking. Oh my God. Not, not like a rubber man, but like a... No, no, oh, just sit there. Let me have someone else that may be able to do this. Lily, why don't you come up? Just, just like you were doing. Right there, right there. Right there, just. Yep, okay, he was doing that, exactly. That's what I was looking for. A simple. Yeah. More... More of a simple electrocution, kind of. So, so I see this, right? And I see these people just like standing around being like, yes, like the Lord is getting him. So what do I do? I'm like, me too, Lord. And so I see, and I, I, some of you heard this story. So I've, I see Randy Clark, he's getting closer to me. That was who was doing this, Randy Clark. He's getting closer now, he's like five rows away. And I'm like, this is my moment. Like, God, this is my moment. So I, I want it so bad. So I start shaking a little more. I'm like, watching this guy. Okay, I'll do that too. Shameless audacity. We're doing this. I see him. He's like one row ahead of me. 
So my eyes are closed, mind you. I'm shaking. And the way I can only describe it, it felt like someone punched me in the groin as hard as they could. And I'm like, oh! And the guy in front of me fell backwards into me. And so I'm like this, my breath is taken away. And Randy Clark walks right by me. So I just sit down in my seat at that point and uh, check into my flight on my phone and, and we went home. <laughs> Should I keep going? Yeah, keep going. I'll get to the part where I actually baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, <laughs> so I get home and it's uh, a Monday comes around and I'm trying to process all this. So I'm at a coffee shop in downtown Elgin. And who comes to the coffee shop but our very dear friend, Austin Massey. He's working at this coffee shop and the Lord should tell me, tell him that you went to Bethel. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and so finally I'm okay. So I'm like, hey, Austin. I knew him, he used to go to Harvest. So I knew him from Harvest. And, uh, so I'm like, Austin, tell me, uh, have you ever heard of Bethel worship? I was just there. And he's like, oh yeah, definitely. He's like, are you into things of the spirit? I'm like, not really. Like, I'm, I'm really trying to figure all this out. And he goes, there's a church in Crystal Lake that you have to go to. It's the Arising Church. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't know how that's going to work. I, I have to work every Sunday. So I am, uh, I go home. That day he ends up walking by one of the pastors from the Arising Church in downtown Elgin. And that night, Nick gives me a call. I get a phone call. Hey, man, I know we don't know you. It's awesome to hear about what the Lord's doing in your life. Please come out to a worship night. I'm like, okay. So we get to a worship night, and it took about a month for me to get there. I just got done teaching a, a camp to about 1,000 junior hires, and uh, what I was teaching was uh, a series called Through Fire. Hebrews 12, 29, our God is consuming fire, and the story of fire with Moses, so the burning bush, the pillar of fire, and the plague of fire. So I go to this worship night, and I'm just blown away by the community. I'm blown away by all these people coming together, and we start to worship the Lord. And I have this feeling inside of me, and the Lord says, you need to be a part of this. I'm like, Lord, what? You want me to leave everything that you've given me for the last five years to just, just be a part of this? He's like, yeah. <laughs> And so I say, okay, Lord, if you want me to be a part of this, let come on, someone come up to me and tell me one of the passages I spoke at camp. About five minutes later, at this point, Devin Hutchinson was 15 years old, yeah. never met me, comes up to me, he's all nervous. And you know, he's like, kind of like twitchy anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Is that fair? Fair? Okay. So he comes up to me, he's like, bro. He says, the Lord says that I am a consuming fire. I'm like, oh crap. My like, God, are you serious? I'm like, no, this, just must, this must be a charismatic tagline. I'm, I'm not gonna, I can't go. So I deny it. A month goes by. 
in God's grace and mercy, we're still seeing the Lord do amazing things. We're seeing him do supernatural things. I'm beginning to, uh, I'm sitting at restaurants getting words of knowledge by people. I had no idea. I had no idea why God just told me about this waitress's dad who just had surgery and all these things. So we get to a point, uh, a month goes by, um, where I'm at, people are getting more uncomfortable with the direction we're going. And so there's a guy in Chicago who has a ministry, a, a very large ministry, and uh, there were some friends of friends, and they said, go to this guy's church in Chicago. He's more into the things of the Spirit, and he can help fill you in, and then, you know, we can get back to work. Okay, great. So we go to this worship service. We're standing there. There's probably a 1,000 people there. And uh, I feel the Lord again, just like, you need, you need to go to the Rising Church. <laughs> In that moment, the worship leader stops playing, just stops. He's getting ready to get into a song, just stops. He said, there's a word here for someone today, and it's this, Hebrews 12, 29, that our God is a consuming fire. <laughs> I say, no, Lord. No, Lord, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm too afraid. I can't do it. He's working on me during the service. He's like, no, no, you, this is for you. I say, fine, God, if you do it one more time with a different passage that I preached at camp before I leave this building, I'll leave. Service gets over, nothing else comes up. Uh, my wife and I, we go into this visitor reception area where you can meet some of the staff. And there was this uh, man and woman there, they're in their 80s, this sweetest couple, and they just wanted to talk to us. So we're talking literally for an hour, just telling them about some of the things the Lord is doing in our lives. And he starts to teach us about baptism with the Holy Spirit. He starts to teach us about speaking in tongues and showing us through the word how when people were baptized with the Holy Spirit, it would manifest through speaking in tongues. And he, we walked through we walked through things about spiritual gifts. Still nothing came up. So he asked me if, if I wanted to pray to receive the Holy Spirit. I said, sure, like, I see it in your word, let's do this. And he goes to reach out to me and he stops. And he says, the Lord says, he's going to lead you like a pillar of fire, like he led Moses through the wilderness. <laughs> now it wasn't the shameless, bold audacity, but it was this complete broken audacity where I felt like I was just poured out because I knew that I had to submit to my father in this way. And as he laid a hand on me and began praying for me, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. I began speaking in tongues. I was so overcome by the power of God that I, I could barely walk. I could barely walk. And this was someone who didn't even believe, uh, six months earlier, didn't even believe this, this was real. And I remember I went into the office of, of the pastor of this church and uh, I told him the story. I said, well, what am I going to do? Like, I have to leave. And he said, Nick, it is much better to offend man than to offend God. You have to go. And so that was a Sunday. And that Thursday, I gave a two-month notice that I was going to be leaving. And everything about my life changed in that moment. 
striving and working in my own power and strength was no more. I now had a new power to perform the tasks of the ministry that God was calling me to do. I now had a deeper uh, well of love for my wife. Everything changed. And sometimes when we think about baptism with the Holy Spirit, if you haven't experienced it yet, uh, I believe uh, it's going to happen tonight. It's going to happen tonight. And a lot of times we think it's this, this overtaking force that we can't control, but the word says that it's actually like a stream of water that's starting to flow up from within us. Yeah. We're going to pray uh, in just a little bit for this if you've never experienced this. Before we do, want to take questions? Yeah, so here's what we want to do just for the questions. Uh, anyone that has already been baptized with the Spirit, I don't want you to ask any questions, okay? Uh, there are people in this room and once again, if this was a more intimate setting, we would be doing the exact same thing. So we're just going to agree. No shame in this room. There's no embarrassment. Nobody is looking down. You are not uh, at a higher level. I know people that have been filled with the Spirit for years and are terrible believers because they've ignored the Spirit's voice. Pushed them. So it's not, a, it's not a badge of honor. What we're talking about here, uh, the reason we want to do questions is because we want to uh, show that there's nothing to hide. That this is in the Word. We don't have to be ashamed or afraid about this. But if anybody has any questions, now is the time to ask any questions at all that would stop you or that you've been wondering about or that you're afraid of or anything like that. Now's the time to do it. Something that we see in Scripture, and I'm going to give you a couple references just so we have time to, to pray. But you can write these down. I'm going to tell you this truth, and I'm going to give you some Scripture. Uh, as we look in the Word, that baptism with the Holy Spirit is always seen or heard. Every account that we look at, baptism is seen or heard. When we were talking about uh, in our statement that we believe uh, when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, it will come with a manifestation uh, of the gifts of the Spirit, most likely tongues. I believe that everyone who is baptized with the Holy Spirit can speak in tongues. Uh, sometimes the initial gift that is given, uh, you'll see people begin to prophesy. Uh, you'll see people, um, there's someone in here, uh, I remember uh, we prayed for, and later that night they had dreams and they woke up praying in tongues. <coughs> You know, this is part of it. It's always seen or heard. This is with Simon the Magician. This is the one time where we don't see it uh, say that they spoke in tongues, but something happened where Simon said, I'm going to give money for that. Let me buy that. Something so powerful just took place before my eyes that I need to buy that. So here, here's some references that you can write down to track this. Uh, we see the disciples in uh, Acts chapter 2. Right? They're filled with the, uh, the Holy Spirit is breathed on them in John 20, 22. They're still told to wait for the power that comes from on high. Then they get baptized with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and they speak in tongues. We see that with, uh, in Samaria in Acts 8, uh, verses 14 through 17. We see a manifestation uh, happen even with Saul in Acts 9, where, where blindness is healed. The scales fall off his eyes. 
We see uh, with Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. We see this with, uh, the, uh, in Ephesus in Acts 19, 1 through 7. That baptism with the Holy Spirit is always seen or heard. So if you're like, no, I, I think I have, I want to ask you do, you, do you pray in tongues? Do you, do you pray in tongues? And start there. If the answer is no, we can pray for both of those things to happen, and they will happen. Discipleship Helps is a creation of the One Association of Churches. To find out more about the One Association, you can visit one-association.org. Say that that's enough to satisfy.